0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: This is my very first Jason Hartman conference. I've been listening to his podcasts and I have been learning a lot there, but already in the past couple hours, I've learned about what more to look for on pro formas. I've already learned quite a bit that I didn't know. I didn't know. And I'm looking forward to learning so much more the rest of this conference so that I can make better investments.
1: Welcome to episode 13921392. I've got our investment counselor Sarah here with me and she has some hot properties hot off the press. Sarah, how you doing?
3: Hey, Jason. I'm good. How are
1: you? Good to have you. Doing well. Keeping busy, as are you. I know you are busy. Busy as a one-arm paper hanger, (laughs) as the saying goes. Yep. (laughs) You know, that expression doesn't even make any sense anymore because hardly anybody uses wallpaper, right? So (laughs) that's referring to wallpaper, something that's not so popular nowadays. Uh, But uh, anyway, hey, these properties look pretty great. Wow. I'm looking at some of them, and they are nice-looking houses.
3: Yeah, so I sent out this hot sheet last night. In fact, I believe we have a contract request on one of them already. So just a combination of new construction and a few existing properties. You know, just to start off, we've got Birmingham and Huntsville is is our newest new construction market. And we just had a client go out and visit uh, yesterday to meet with our local market specialists. That was Pat and his wife, Darcell. They were also on the Ocala tour and went back and visited with our market specialist there as well. Yeah, we've got some great, great new construction properties. Let me, uh,
1: let me add something to that really quick. I just want to say that to people because I, we probably don't mention it enough on the show here. If any of you would like private market tours of any of our markets – to go look at our inventory. Any of our investment counselors would be happy to set up a meeting with our local market specialist. Uh, it's so cheap to fly everywhere nowadays. You can just grab a flight or, you know, maybe it's within driving distance of where you live and you can go see any of our local market specialists, uh, meet their team, meet their staff, visit their operation, look at their property inventory, get a tour of the area and of the market. And really learn a little bit more about the community. So we do that all the time. And then, of course, we have group property tours as well. And we had one in Florida just a couple of months ago as an adjunct to our Profits in Paradise conference. And a lot of people went to that. And then, of course, we'll have more property tours announced as time goes on. And then also at some of our events where we don't have property tours, we invite our teams out our local market specialists their property managers and so forth and you can meet them there but of course you can't always see properties at those and the vast majority of our clients don't bother to go look at the properties which is you know fine you can do it either way just make sure you have home inspections make sure you do the good due diligence online that we teach you how to do but uh, suffice it to say Sarah or any of our other investment counselors can arrange individual meetings and property tours with our local market specialists. Go ahead, Sarah.
3: Yep, yeah, we're glad to do that. So right now we have Birmingham, Alabama for two twenty nine nine, brand new construction. It's a four bedroom, three bath, uh, built this year, brand new, and uh, estimated rent is seventeen ninety five a month. And if you're getting my hot sheets or any of our investment counselors' hot sheets, you'll. We'll send these out, and you'll get the the link to the performa with the breakdown, you know, the cash flow and and estimated uh, cash all, return.
1: All the numbers, all the numbers, and you can also get this on the property cast. So we have a podcast that instead of us talking, it sends you property performas. Just whatever podcast platform you're using, type in Jason Hartman Property Cast, property, and then C A S T. And you will get these properties delivered right to your phone, your iPad, your computer, whatever you want. And they come right to your device with all the numbers. Sarah, let me just very quickly review a couple of numbers here. You said 2299. This is almost 2,100 square feet. It's brand new construction. You need about $68,000 to buy it. And that's based on 25% down with closing costs you're out the door on a brand new property. And this is a nice looking home for $110 per square foot. That's pretty darn good in today's market. Your projected cash flow is just under $3,500 a year. And your overall return on investment on brand new construction with by the way, this this appreciation rate is extremely conservative in here. Uh, I noticed that you've got a vacancy rate of eight percent. The appreciation, I'm sure, is understated. The property management fee at nine percent, maintenance percentage at three percent. Brand new home, you're not going to have any maintenance your first year for sure. Uh, I would that'd be extremely unlikely. And the overall return on investment projected at uh, just around twenty percent on here. We got to adjust that appreciation rate; it's understated.
3: Um, well, so that brings me to a, a common client question that mm-hmm. we get right mm-hmm. especially now that you know the economy is strong and we've seen some appreciation in a lot of these markets and you know, we should explain to the listeners that we usually use six percent appreciation across the board. And when we onboarded this new LMS, this new construction provider, he was very uncomfortable um, for Birmingham putting in six percent. He insisted that we lower it, cut it in half, and that's I, why. It's I love
1: point. that. That that is usually the opposite way. Usually they want to put in eight and ten percent, no vacancy, no maintenance costs. You know, they understate everything. They understate the insurance, the tax. Taxes. and uh this is great i like this local market specialist already <laughs>
3: <Exactly>. <laughs> well and i went on to explain where that um you know six percent appreciation number comes from on our end that you know you you found a 30-year study and maybe you want to explain a little bit more yeah. about where you found that yeah, study right. sure. um for the listeners
1: it, it is common thinking that on a nationwide basis Properties appreciate cyclical, linear, and hybrid markets combined at about 6% annually. Uh, some people say 6.7%. I cite a, the longest study I could find, which is from, I think, 1931 <laughs> uh, up until 1996 it's a wall street journal study showing 11% appreciation that would be i would not be comfortable projecting anything like that but i think 6% is a reasonable number so that would probably bump this overall return on investment up into the 28% range i'm guessing i i, I don't have the math in front of me it'd look like okay. something there
3: I just think it's important for the investors to know, you know, we don't know what the appreciation is going to be. We put 6% across the board. Crystal ball,
1: yes.
3: (laughs) The idea is diversify, get into some different markets. Maybe you're in some hybrid and some linear, and, uh, you know, the appreciation is is the icing on the cake.
1: Absolutely. You know, we we invest for yield, for cash flow, not appreciation anyway. Hey, let's jump, in the interest of time, let's jump to this pre-construction Ocala property, if we could. This one, one seventy dollars you need about $53,000 to buy it with closing cost and 25% down. By the way, you could potentially put 20% down, so there we're being a little bit conservative too. $1,500 a month projected rent, and the cash flow projected at about $2,800 a year, $236 per month. Overall return on investment projected at 29% annually. There you've got nice conservative assumptions driving those numbers. Sarah, what what else would you like people to know about this one?
3: Well, we do have a couple properties in the Ocala community for single family. What I want the investors to know, if you scroll down, there's one more pre-construction in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a quad. Mm -hmm. And this is the last quad we have right now. So if you're looking to make a good use of your financing, you're going to be getting four units under one conventional loan. Right. It's a beautiful thing.
1: And and so what Sarah is alluding to there is that, of course, uh, many people know the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac loan limit is 10 financed properties per person. If you're married, you could potentially get 20. It's 10 each as long as the spouse can qualify. And here you've got a fourplex. So this is $114 per square foot, 489 dollars $4,100 a month projected rent. And that leaves cash flow of almost ten thousand dollars annually, almost eight hundred dollars per month, and an overall return on investment projected at thirty-one percent annually. And by the way, I didn't mention it on the other performas, and you can see these yourself at JasonHartman.com/properties. But the debt coverage ratio, which is an interesting ratio, we you know, we don't talk a ton about this one. But I think for the very conservative investors, and I'm I'm pretty darn conservative, probably could make more money if I take more risk. But hey, I'm getting a little older, and I don't want to have, lose my money and have to earn it again. It's a real hassle. <laughs> so so I've gotten much more conservative at my old age. Uh, but debt coverage ratio here is 1.42%. And or I should say just 1.42 is really the way you express it, not as a percentage. And what that means, Sarah, is the likelihood of you ever getting into trouble with this property extremely low, Uh meaning if you had a, a debt coverage ratio of one, you would be at par, meaning if anything went wrong, it's got to come out of your pocket to pay for it. But here you have a nice buffer of that almost 50%, in other words, where your debt coverage ratio is well above your cost of owning and operating this property. So that's a really good safeguard to to keep in mind.
3: Yeah. And, you know, one one more common question I get, um, just taking it back to the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans and loan sequencing, I often get questions about should I buy an existing property that's maybe a little bit cheaper in the 100,000 range? Should I buy new construction, you know, closer to the 200,000 range? And we're talking single family. And I was talking to a client yesterday and I said, well, because you have more capital to invest, I think you should use, if you can get a property that's already built brand new, you should use your first four loans for the more expensive properties because your first four are at 20% down. So you really wanna take advantage and use that good 30-year fixed rate debt with you know historically low interest rates and use that for these more expensive new construction. And then you can add in some of the higher cash flow properties with the lower loan amounts on your 25% down loans.
1: Yeah, that is a very good strategy, and our investment counselors can help you with this whole discussion of what we call mortgage sequencing. So when you're building a portfolio, um, you want to use the highest loan balance. Um, You want to do those properties first. So you can do the lowest down payment on those maximum loan balances and get the most leverage. That's a very good strategy. Let's talk about, and you can pick it, let's pick one of the resale properties, the remodeled properties. You know, those, you definitely get more bang for your buck, if you will. Not the great new construction, but, you know, certainly more bang for your buck on these. Uh do you want to pick one of those, Sarah? Uh
3: yeah, maybe the Little Rock duplex.
1: Okay, sounds good. There you go. Little Rock duplex, 144,900. This is uh just under 2,000 square feet. You're at $73 per square foot. That is phenomenal. Now these these are carports, no garage, just carport. Um but a nice enough looking house. You know, not as nice as the others, uh, but certainly nice enough. And the projected rent, 1250 that's for both units, huh?
3: Yeah, so that's 625 a side, and each side is two bedrooms, one and a half bath. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, the LMS actually had a higher rent in here. The numbers looked much better when he sent them to me. And I just did a, a real quick search and to see what was for rent in the area, and I just came in and lowered it a little bit. So
1: this is remodeled. And I really can't imagine you're not going to get more than six twenty-five per unit for two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. You got, you know, almost a 1,000 square feet per unit there. I mean, that's only—think about it. This projected rent, folks, is only $0.63 cents per square foot. Now, I go and look at institutional apartments in virtually every city I visit because I always want to see what the institutional landlords are doing. And, you know, in most markets— they're well above a $1.50 a square foot. They always push the rents a lot better than we do as single-family homeowners or uh, investors. The institutional landlords really do a, a good job of just pushing those rents. They raise them regularly. They do a, a good job of that, and they also do a good job of nickel and diming their tenants with pet rent extra fees. A lot of them charge common area fees, just like a, just like a homeowner's association, but it's a rental, it's an apartment and you pay part of the electric bill at the pool and to light the whole facility. <laughs> it's crazy what they're able to get away with.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you can get nickel and dimed as a landlord or you can get nickel and dimed as a tenant. I mean, <laughs> yep. depends yeah
1: Hey, hey, it's we it's can, better. We could
3: go on, on about the, the property management, nickel and diming. but um, No that's no question about it. that.
1: But it's better to be on the right side of that equation when possible.
3: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what else do you want to say about this one?
3: Well, I don't know if you mentioned it's all brick, uh two thousand almost 2,000 square feet. Again, it's a duplex. So you can get two units under one loan. And this particular seller will pay the first two months of your mortgage payment if the property is not yet leaked. East. So oh, wow. if you close on today mm-hmm. and you don't have a tenant, you know, right away, they're going to cover your mortgage payment, not the rent payment, but the mortgage payment, which it's better than nothing, right? I, I'd rather them just pay the rent. But.
1: <laughs> right, right, because the rent That's- is higher than the mortgage is what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, right. by yeah. by by $224 a month. <laughs> so there you go. Overall return on investment on this one projected at 30% annually. Debt coverage ratio, just to compare to the other, is 1.4, not 1.42. Very good, Sarah. Thanks for sharing these. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up?
3: Just reach out to us with any questions. We're happy to help answer questions about any of the markets, set up any property tours for you, and hopefully we'll see you at the the next event, whenever that may be. Jason, yes, we will
1: be <laughs> announcing it soon. Be patient, people. Yeah, Rome, so Rome patient. wasn't built in
3: a day. <laughs> We're looking forward to it.
1: Good stuff. And if you'd like, again, a private uh, property tour uh, with any of our local market specialists, just reach out. Any of our investment counselors can arrange that for you. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us.
3: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: I hope you enjoyed that. And this will be a little segue to a fireside chat (laughs) yes the cliched fireside chat and it is from one of our recent live events so i think you'll enjoy this and there's a little bit of giggling and laughter and silliness but uh, hey we're very serious about real estate investing here anyway enjoy this uh, clip all right so let's get a few people up on stage and have a fireside chat how about let's see What if we get, let me see, we got four chairs. One, two, three, four. Let's go with Doug over there. Give Doug a big hand. And let's go with Evan. We need Evan up here with Doug. Evan, give him a big hand. You've heard him on the podcast. Oh, have a seat. Have a seat. Pick your seat, whichever one you want. And then, I know she doesn't want to, but let's go with Sarah. Yeah, give her a big hand. <laughs> All right. So let's have a little fireside chat here. Evan, introduce yourself. We've heard you on the podcast, Mike. Yes,
2: uh, I'm Evan Moffick. Uh, I'm a rabbi, so maybe, I don't know if I've, the other rabbis have attended this conference. I'm just so honored to be here. I'm How
1: a, many rabbis do we have in the room? <laughs> okay. What's Any the pastor? rabbi barrier to entry?
2: Well, it's a lot. It's uh well, you have to be Jewish, so that's one thing. Uh, 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 then it's five years, so it's a five-year school program. First year in Jerusalem, and then four years here in uh, in the U.S. So Do you have to
1: go to Jerusalem. You
2: don't. Well, for the movement that I'm in, you have to spend the first year all in Jerusalem, just to learn Hebrew and to yes. sort of soak up the culture.
1: Cool. Good yeah. Stuff. So uh, and I'm in Chicago. You're an investor. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: I've worked with Doug, yeah. which I'm very grateful Doug for. Doug is your
1: investment counselor. Yes. Well, I wanted him up here um, at the same time.
2: Yeah, I own properties in Memphis, Little Rock, and uh, one of the new constructions in St. Augustine.
1: Fantastic. Nice. Now you didn't close on your new construction. Not yet. Trip, right? the yeah.
2: Closing still in construction, in February or March.
1: And so the other rentals are long-term buy and hold rentals. That's a short-term rental, right? Yes. In St. Augustine.
2: Yes. Okay. So, yes. Now, how so, much was it? Four sixty-nine. Okay. Furnished.
1: Yeah. So the short-term rentals are, are definitely in a different price category than the long-term rentals is. Most of you know. Yeah. And pass the mic to Doug. All right.
0: Thank you, Jason. Oh, is it uh, intro time now? Yes. This is your.
1: 30 second intro. Okay,
0: yes. My name is Doug. I'm an Aries. I like long walks on the beach. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Different kind of intro. Sorry. I've been married for a really long time, so I don't do that anymore. So yeah, the, um, I'm an investor. You, you stopped with online
1: Jason. dating when you got married. Yeah.
0: What? Well, actually, so I got married when I was pretty young. So online dating, it was really, really primitive when I was single. I was still athletic enough to where I could go to the bar and meet people and I didn't have to like have the internet as an intermediary. So Jason would always ask me, Hey, Doug, have you heard about it? I'm like, Jason, if it's an online dating app, I don't know about it. <laughs> I have absolutely no reason to get smart on Tinder or whatever the hell people are doing now. But anyway, uh, my story is that uh, I'm an investment counselor, as Evan was just saying, and I have background in technology and finance. You know, as far as properties I own, uh, I own properties in Indianapolis, in uh, St. Robert, Missouri, uh, which is outside of Fort Leonard Wood. And then in my hometown, which is around Portland, Oregon, actually my old primary residence, I'm now renting out actually on a lease option with a seller finance deal to basically extract equity. I also have a short-term rental in central Oregon in the Redmond area that we are self-managing within our family. So we went in, my family went in, myself and my wife, and then her brother and his his wife and then her folks all went in on a short-term rental. It's actually performing quite well.
1: And Did so- Did you expect uh, it not to?
0: <laughs> well, we've been producing revenue. Well, we've had it uh, deployed for about a year, and we were able to get the occupancy up and get the pricing up quite a bit faster than I would expected. I, I figured we'd be eating losses for about a year or two, and we were profitable within about four months. Good. So that, that actually ended up pretty good. Cool. Good and doing. I'm also a you know closet econ dork, or not so much of a closet, <laughs> if you've heard Jason and talk You're out of the closet yeah. on that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you've heard all of these people on the podcast, of course.
3: Sarah! Yeah, I'm Sarah Liskey and I've been with Jason since 2007. Married with two kids. I brought my son Jordan to the conference. Everyone say hi to Jordan.
1: Jordan! I have to hey embarrass Jordan. him, he's a teenager, so. Now, how old is Jordan now?
3: 13.
1: Jordan, you're 13, you're a teenager, you got to start acting really badly now. <laughs> yeah, you know, talk back to your mom for sure, you don't seem like to do that enough. Yeah.
3: No, 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 he, he knows better. My, my
1: mom is here and she's thinking, yeah, I know about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I've been with Jason since 2007, so oh 12 years, yeah, yeah. I've helped lots of investors all over the country. We have our own portfolio of properties in Houston, Atlanta, Memphis, Little Rock, Southern California. I only self-manage one. You know what, it was so eye-opening to start managing my own property. And in between there, I became a renter. So I got the renter's perspective for about five years. So doing a lot of great things here with Jason, helping a lot of investors. And I will say one thing, some of our most successful clients, come to these conferences. I think it's a huge game changer. I was talking to one of our clients, Laura, at the start here, and one of the things she said was, every time I come to a conference, I take away something new that just changes the game. So, congratulations for being here and I uh, hope you enjoy the weekend.
1: Yeah, those are bits and bites they take away. Bits yeah. and bites. Yeah,
0: can I actually just riff off of what Sarah was saying a little yeah. bit? So, oh, I had a yeah. wonderful conversation in the property tour yesterday. A couple of us were talking about just all the nonsense that's going on in the tech world and how everybody that has a tech startup somehow thinks that they're changing the world. And it's like, okay, it's nice to be around people who are reasonable and real and, you know, don't think that just Putting a TV screen on an exercise bike is changing the world. Um, it's, it's a TV screen on an exercise bike. Yeah. Come on, people.
1: That's um, Peloton. Yeah, that's Peloton, 15, which yeah. has
0: like a seven billion dollar valuation, which is nonsense. It should have a seven dollar valuation. It's...
1: How many people have a Peloton? Do you love it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what's so great about it? The convenience. Yeah. I just get up in the morning, throw yeah. on whatever I want to throw on. Right. I don't have to worry about going to the gym. Yep. Yeah.
2: Go upstairs, get on the bike, there's a social aspect, interactivity. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole following. It's like its own kind of social.
1: The thing that makes that an incredible idea. Oh, hey, hey, Hey. congratulations. The thing that makes that such an incredible idea is the way they basically let people take virtual classes. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. And see, that doesn't have a barrier to entry. It's a brilliant idea that someone should have thought about a long time ago, right? But people can't live in a virtual house very well. They need a real house made of atoms. Again, high barrier to entry. Now a lot of people are starting to copy Peloton, and there's no barrier to entry for that, right? And, of course, they've got their own issues with litigation and copyright issues and stuff. Because what's interesting about that is that when you watch the class of people doing a spin class, okay you hear the music of that class... I've never used a Peloton, so forgive me, but you hear the music of that class come through there, right? So Peloton got sued for a copyright violation because they say, oh no, you can't broadcast that music. And that's what they're doing, right? So that's a, it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. But again, there's no copy. That information, that song is the same to you as it is to the people in that swanky studio in New York, right? Right but he likes his Peloton. I agree it's overvalued totally. I mean, no, and
0: you know, there's nothing wrong if you like the Peloton, but it's there's just these ridiculous valuations going on for technology. Oh, and there's, you know, you're talking paybacks of 10 years, 20 years, 50 years or maybe never. Or years. maybe never. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Uber is never going to pay back. Tesla is never going to pay back. Tesla's price is going to zero. There is literally no way Tesla can ever possibly turn a profit.
1: You do know that they just had a really good quarter, right?
0: Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, just, okay. that's accounting. Ca- yeah, as far as cash, yeah. like cash generation, <laughs> no, they're permanently upside down. Again, this is just me. Don't short Tesla on what I'm thinking. I'm not shorting Tesla just because that's not the game I play. But their business model is completely upside down. But Elon Musk is really good at raising capital, and so they can just keep getting suckers to invest.
1: Tesla's the most overrated company in the universe, just my opinion. But
0: Isn't these over-ratings and overvaluation?
2: it's good for the consumer, right? Because we can get Uber, because they're taking a loss, but we can get it for cheap, and Peloton might be taking a loss. It is
1: initially until they either raise their prices once they own the market, or they go out of business and everybody's oh. left.
0: In Isn't fact, it? I read a really...
2: Um, we do
1: have to talk about real estate, okay?
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jason, are you telling us not to go on a
1: tangent? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about pot, kettle, Hey, black. pot, this is yeah. kettle,
0: you're black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Head. but but, anyway, yeah, but yeah okay yeah the 32nd tangent then we'll get back to whatever the topic is supposed to be actually a really interesting article about how with companies like uber where they're going to have their cost structure going up because they have to basically Bring on their drivers as employees, as opposed to contractors. That that's actually going to be hitting millennials because a lot of millennials have become dependent. Right. on Like you know, Uber deal. Um, not deal they don't Dash, even buy a car a uh, Yeah, they don't yeah. even buy a car. Yeah. And so now what's happening is the millennial lifestyle is going to start getting more expensive, making them even pinching them even more as far as trying to get into home ownership or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, they'll have to give up all that beard conditioner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.
2: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?